0: Hey everyone, thanks for joining us. This is Jamie and Kat, and we are In a Pickle. Our guest today is Jay Devillier, and we're going to talk a little bit of pickleball. Thanks for joining us. <music>
1: Great, Well, welcome everybody. Our goal with this podcast is to uh, share pickleball with the world. And today we have an amazing guest. He's one of the best pickleball players out there. And so we're just going to all chat and we're going to enjoy a little bit of wine (laughs) and cheese while we chat. So Jamie, do you want to mention... The wine, and then I'll talk about the cheese a little. Sure.
0: (laughs) Uh, Today we're drinking, we're going to do a little wine review every time we do this too, because wine is good. Uh, Today we're drinking a Croge Hermitage, Um, 2017, Uh, not the best vintage for um, wines from the Rhone Valley, but um, this is light on the tannins, really smooth, easy drinking. I like a little more punch in my reds, but uh, so far it's pretty nice. We'll check back on it in a bit.
1: And so for the cheese pairings, we have a brie from France, which is appropriate. Our guest is from France too. (laughs) And the wine. Uh, We have a Manchego cheese from Spain and a Gouda, which is 1,000 days old, give or take. And then I forget what the other one is, but it's from Canada. (laughs) It's a blue cheese, so. Jay, our guest, uh, is from France, but he's traveled the world. So, um, Jay, do you want to tell us how you made it here to be a pickleball player?
2: Yeah, sure. Well, thank you for having me. Um, my, uh, my career started as a tennis player, and um, I moved to Spain at a very early age when I was 14. And then after that, did my high school degree there and moved to the United States to Wichita State University as a tennis player again. So from there, um, I graduated and uh, started playing pickleball, and, and now I'm still in Wichita, playing pickleball full time now. Cool,
1: that's Fa- fun.
0: Family's in Wichita?
2: My wife is in Wichita with my two kids. Uh, the rest of my family is still in Europe, in France mostly, so
1: yeah. Very fun.
0: So one of the things that I want to talk about, um, I don't want to ask who is Jay. I want to talk a little bit more about the, um, the, the, the difference in the tours, the APP, um, PPA. Um, there are so many acronyms, it's like uh, working for the government um, <laughs> with all the acronyms. <laughs> uh, how long can we sustain this two different organizations? Um, what are your thoughts on them coming together um, and um, I'll just let you answer those.
2: Yeah, um, first I would say that it's it's great to have those two major companies that are trying to grow the sport. The APP and PPA have really helped the growth. Um, yes, they are comp- com- competing against each other, but in it, they are also bringing a lot to the table and making the sport way more... Uh, recognized and valuable so Mm -hmm. hopefully on long term they will be able to work together or um, or have uh, the USAPA really uh, structure something and make a a system in place where they have to work together and grow the sport to the to the top but again like it's fairly new it's their second year now starting in and they've already done an incredible incredible job at, at growing the sport so I hope that answered your question. Yeah, yeah, no,
0: that's good. Speaking of new, um, the there's a lot of chatter uh, around pickleball about the new serve rules. Um, have you adapted? Have you tried anything? What are your thoughts on, on that?
2: Um, I think the new serve rules is, is great. I mean, it's making the sport a bit uh, grow. Changes are important in sports. Uh, I know a lot of people disagree with that. I, personally i've tried it and i think it's not going to disrupt the game to the point that it's going to change so much that people won't be able to return but it will give a a, a new way of serve give more flexibility and probably uh, it will be easier for the referees to to see when it's illegal and when it's legal so i i, I think it's positive
0: have you worked on a have you worked on a drop serve
2: I have tried a few. I have tested. I think uh, it's something I could implement in my game for sure. Yeah. So I've noticed
1: uh, the APP tour, you just participated in their tournament, right?
2: Yeah, in Punta Gorda.
1: They seem like they've worked a lot with the USA Pickleball. Um, They're trying to take their tournaments to a lot of different areas. And um, I feel like that's kind of going to grow Um, i know certain pros i believe have signed with the uh, ppa tour exclusively the ppa tour has asked that is that right if they participate in
2: that yeah i mean i have heard that they were contract made um for the ppa um again like it's more how what what would help you in your career I feel like some players saw the benefit of signing for the PPA and and uh, just playing on those tournament and some players thought that it was a better solution for them to play both tour or just APP so again I don't I don't think this is a main um, it, it's not a big issue. However, it's not great for the sport because some big names are gonna play just for the PPAs, but it is what it is. I mean, we a lot of good players are still gonna come and play the APP, and uh, if they have the resources to do that, it's it's great. So are you planning
1: to do both then?
2: Yeah, on okay. my, in my case, I will play both. Some um,
1: people are, I've noticed, but it's new, right? So and we'll you know, see how you know, we're offering
2: a lot of tournaments, um, again, By memory, I think it's the PPS 14 tournament scheduled and the APP 16. So that's 30 tournaments already. And then you have um, the US Open, Nationals, TOC, uh, World Pickleball Championships. So this adds up very quickly. So I'm sure nobody is going to play every single tournament, but (laughs) um, it, it will give more options for players to play more tournaments and compete, which which was a main issue a few years ago, there were not enough tournaments. Now we have this possibility to compete as much as we want, so.
1: That's good. Um, It seems like maybe people can plan their season a little more easily if they participate in a certain tour. Um, You're a parent. I know certain other players are parents, so it helps them plan. So what kind of plan do you have for 2021 in terms of location or number of tournaments that you will do?
2: Uh, you know, I I I made my schedule as of now until June. Um, I don't want to see too far ahead because we don't we don't know what's gonna happen again with the, with the corona and all those, those all those things happening. But um, I'm planning as of now to play probably two a month, and um, my schedule is mostly based on on location. So if there are two tournaments in a row in in Florida, I'm gonna pick Florida over the. Los Angeles, and so I don't, I don't only look at playing just APPS or PPAs. More, what is easier for me to travel? Uh, it's so a would you
1: then stay there in between the two tournaments? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yes. And just, just practice, and mm-hmm.
2: just to to try to reduce the traveling mm-hmm. and, and still be able to compete as much as possible. That makes sense.
0: You mentioned um, the World Pickleball. That's next month, right? Yeah. That's, yeah. That's the
2: next one coming uh, up. How
0: did that? How did that come to fruition? How did what what's the st- backstory behind that? I know that's one right around the corner and I've talked to um I talked to Ben Johns last week about about the American team, so he's really excited about the team that he's put together. Oh yeah. Together.
2: USA yeah. versus world, right? Yeah. 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 Yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> um you know, it it started um a year ago. Um uh, that was the first one in December twenty twenty 20- eight. Nineteen, they hosted. They were they hosted the first tournament, and it was a great tournament. Uh, the conditions were great because of the rain, but the tournament itself was good. Um, and I feel like they corrected their mistake. They're making it in February now, and they added this thing, Team Europe, a uh, Team Worlds against uh, Team USA. So I thought that was very, uh, very cool because. A lot of times we don't realize how many people outside of US are, are actually good. Like, I mean, in our team, we have a, a very solid uh, team. Who of is players. on your team? We have, well, <laughs> by memory, we have Simone, Catherine. Uh, That's Decol, Brazil, Canada. Yeah. Dave Colbar, Israel. Israel. And then Steve Deacon, Canada again. Uh-huh. Myself, Patrick Smith. Uh, we have two more ladies as well that are very good. We have Altaf Merchant as well from India. So we have a lot of, of players and, and good players. So I think we're going to do well.
1: I agree. It's interesting. A lot of players seem to sometimes come into sports from various countries, and then they try to find the place to play where they can move up the fastest, maybe. Would you say that's how you came to the US or how did you decide on the United States as a location? Oh, I know
2: the story. That, I'm excited that, to hear that, it. That's a funny story. Yeah, um, I was not really excited about coming to America. I thought that was not for me. Uh, however, my wife, who wasn't my wife at that moment, decided to go to college, and she went to Florida International University in Miami. <laughs> and where is she from? She's from Serbia originally. Okay. And. Uh, <laughs> When I went to Miami, I was like, okay, I'm coming here. This is <laughs> happening. And, and I didn't really pick where I was going. So when I, when I picked Wichita, I was like, oh, this is Miami number two. But <laughs>
1: <laughs> Except no ocean. Yeah, no ocean. Um, <laughs> and winter. Yeah, winter. winter
2: and, but again, like it, I didn't do my research for that. I was just excited to go to, to U.S. And, um, and uh, Wichita was just a great place at that moment. A great, a great opportunity for me. So, um, but yeah, that's how I came to the point to come to the U.S.
1: And were you in school there four years then?
2: Five years. Five yeah, years, yeah.
1: because mm-hmm. I think I read you have three undergraduate degrees. Yeah,
2: I do, I do.
1: <laughs> so we'll let you have that fifth year.
2: <laughs> no, no, it's just, um, I was done after three years with my first undergrad, so I was like, I'm gonna play an extra year, so I took a second undergrad program, and then then I could just do a third one, so I was like, why not doing it?
1: (laughs) Well, that makes sense, because now you're Mr. Vulcan. (laughs) I think everybody that hears Vulcan pickleball thinks of you now.
2: Associates
0: that with, yeah. with Of
2: course, Corinne too. Yeah. Um, and, and Tyler and Tyler as well. Yes. No, we we have a great, very very good group. Um, Vulcan is great. They they, it's a team that really treats you like family, and uh, and honestly, they've been great to me, and I I enjoy a lot representing them, just uh, because it's really uh, when someone treats you well, you want to treat them well, and that's how I feel with them, and they accepted me, and and I'm just. Proud and happy to be with them.
1: Now, when you played tennis, they have a tennis background, too. Were you Vulcan back even then, too? No,
2: Vulcan was actually with baseball. Oh, okay. Baseball, yeah. okay. Their parent company is Tanner. Um, and, uh, but no, I, I found Vul- Vulcan very randomly because um, I was playing with Whippersnapper before that.
1: And what is that? I think it, I heard about that, yeah, but I didn't it, know what it was.
2: It's William Stoltz, but he he was... uh he he bought the business out he's he's young as well and and he thought he was gonna try to to make something out of it and he's still working on the business and he's doing great by himself and and i i met him playing pickleball and he was like you know so he introduced me and i started with whippersnapper and then he was the one helping me to transition with vulcan and um so i'm very thankful to him as well He, he was helping me from the beginning and then he, so is that a
1: pickleball company? What is Whippersnapper? Yes, Whippersnapper, yeah, Whippersnapper. Okay. Whippersnapper is do they have a pickleball paddles?
2: company. they do paddles, they do bags and some okay. grapes as well. Okay. So a smaller company. small. Yeah, fairly small. Because based he,
1: in Wichita? Or? No, he's no. based in Colorado.
2: Okay. And so he, But he, he was close with Vulcan and he, he was telling me they were great people and he introduced me to them and, and uh, he, he was right. They, they were fantastic people. So. That's cool.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm the only non-sponsored uh, pickleball player in the room, right? Cat. <laughs> <laughs> Cat got picked up by Gearbox recently, right?
1: Yes. Um, I am not a 5.0 pro. <laughs>
2: <laughs> not yet. Yeah, not yet. <laughs>
1: oh, thank uh-huh. you. We did get to play with Jay this morning, which was so cool. <laughs> yeah, He's I so he fun only, to play with and against.
0: Yeah, I think he only hit me twice in the chest, so <laughs> that wasn't too bad. He
1: took a couple hits, too. It, it's because of the tiger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, you had your Missouri Tiger <laughs> I on. I did.
0: I did. That's, that's, that's fair. That's all right. That's fair. Next month um, is the you know the worlds in, in back in Punta Gorda. Uh, talk about how you feel um, you did recently at the tournament down there. You you meddled. What you meddled in? May-
2: doubles, doubles. Um, we finished third with my partner Patrick. Oh, um, men's doubles. Yeah. Yeah, and um, well, I feel great. I mean, I had a long preseason. Um, spent a lot of time on the court, so I feel very. Uh, Very excited about this tournament, and again we have Team World versus uh, Team USA, so it's going to be fun, competitors, there are a lot of good players, it's the best of the best coming to this tournament, so I'm always excited to play in this kind of event, just because uh, this is what the reason why you practice, you practice for this kind of event. So um, I was there in Punta Gorda, the courts are awesome. I I just think it's an unbelievable experience, and I'm glad the, to be able to be part of it.
0: The um, you were talking about your your business degree, marketing degree, um, the business of pickleball. How far away? Um, how far away do you think we are from the first million dollar purse? You know where, 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 and 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 let me add a second question to that. When we get to that kind of purse, the pickleball community is, is a fantastically open community. People have been wonderful, um, you know, very tight knit. But when when we're talking big bucks on the line, do you anticipate the, the, the community being as warm and welcoming? And and how long until we get there where, where we're talking big bu- big, big bucks at a tournament?
2: You know, truly, it's hard to say because the sport has grown so much in the last few years that you can't put a number like oh, it's in two years. It's gonna be like wow, well, five years. But who knows? I mean, the purses are been getting larger and larger, bigger and bigger, and so I think it's anything is possible. It's just a matter of having the right um, the right sponsors. Uh, you know, TV and and things like that are surely gonna help the growth again. So who knows when? But. Um, to come back to your question, I think people are still gonna be nice because the amateur level is where people are so welcoming and warm. Mm-hmm. I feel already on the pro tour, like we're fairly friend We're all friends, but um, we're also competing on court. We're not as friendly on court. Off court, we are. So I don't think it's gonna change. But I think it's gonna get even more competitive. More players are gonna come. It's going to get harder and harder. Draws are going to get big, bigger and bigger. And and that's good for the sport. That means more players are playing. However, I still think um, the the amateur level is not going to compete for this kind of money. So they're still going to stay warm and nice and welcoming. And and the growth of the sport will still be there on this aspect as well. So.
1: And I did look up a little bit just because I was curious over the last couple of weeks. You know, everyone you hear say, oh, pickleball's growing so fast. It's the number one thing going in at apartment buildings and condos. And so, um, what an article from NBC said was uh, there has been a 650% increase in numbers over the last six years. And this was in April of 2019. So, it's really growing, but it's not necessarily the 60 plus crowd. Obviously we have a young person here.
2: <laughs> we have <laughs> <Not> that young <laughs> people.
1: <laughs> we have people of many ages getting into the sport and we've seen that here in Kansas city too. Um, we have some local players that play at the five Oh level, you know, they'll go and try the pro events. We had people down at Punta Gorda, um, that medaled in five Oh. So it's interesting. Um, I think that's where a lot of growth needs to happen. You know, some people seeing this as a sport for older people don't realize the athletic ability you need to play it at the very top level. You know, you don't see pro pickleball players that can't move. Yep. <laughs> you do see, though, nicely, I think it's great, anyone picking up the sport from age of five to 90. I've seen 90s, 90 year olds playing plus, singles, yep. playing singles, no less. So. Um, the, I think the estimate I saw on here was that, um, there's around three to 4 million people in the U S now playing pickleball. A lot of those people play very casually, maybe every month or two, they might go hit the ball. So how do you think we can get people into pickleball that maybe aren't into it? And then also some people play all the time. They might play six days a week, but they don't know who you are. They don't know who the pro players are. How do we connect them? We're trying with this podcast, (laughs) but how do we engage people with the sport the same way everyone knows Pat Mahomes? You know, everybody knows the NBA players. How do we do that? That's a lot of questions. You could just pick one.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, uh, you brought a good point. Um, With uh, the amount of people that are playing, it's growing and... And it is growing. The, the problem we're still having is we can't really put a, a, a good estimate of how many players are playing because we don't have license registration where people will sign up. Um, there are a lot of places like Sandbox, like Chicken and Pickle, that have been opening up and they attract a lot of people. Those people play Pickleball, they get addicted and then they start playing more and more. However, we don't even know if they're playing. We don't know. We can't count them because there is no nothing saying that they're here playing. That's
1: true. Where it's, I live, north of Kansas City, we have three courts, and at times they're packed. Yeah, exactly. Those and people aren't necessarily doing USAPA sessions yeah, tournaments. <laughs> and I have seen
2: that in a lot of locations. Uh, in Arizona, I was there, Random Park. I just went there with my wife to practice a bit, and it was packed. And, and so... I know that the number says it's 3 million, but it's very hard to estimate as long as we don't have a, a system that tells us exactly if you have a membership or something, then we will have a better idea of how many people are playing. Um, now, to answer your other question, how to grow the sport, I think we're all doing that in places like Chicken and Pickle, like Sandbox, and again, many over. places academy i know like some players are very involved with that Um, sarah Ansbury is is very well known for that uh, growing her academy in hilton head and things like that so it's just it's just growing we know it's growing we don't know how fast it's growing Um, the tv uh, a lot of like the app and ppa are really trying to stream those matches on on ESPN and, and Fox and on different channels to, to, to make the sport more recognized. And I feel like once it gets there, the names are going to be more recognized. Once we have a ranking system a bit more established as well, that really says this guy is the number one, this one is the number two, then you're putting the finger at a celebrity, uh, you know? And if you tell me LeBron James is the best player, even if I don't follow basketball, I know he's the best player. And right now, we don't have that thing that really states who is the best player because we have several ranking, ratings, and all these things. It makes it confusing for the public. Uh, obviously, the pros know who are the best players. We all know what the top five is, but for the general public, we they don't know. They don't know the faces of those top players, and so I think it's just a matter of marketing and and the growth of the sport getting more out Uh, and and if you look at the growth of of pickleball itself in the last three years you have a you know you have a good hope that it's going to happen soon because if we keep going at the expansion we're doing in the last three years to the next three years maybe we'll be there and everyone will know who's Ben Jones, Simone, Lucy and all those players so um, I think it's the perspective it, it's great, it, right now we're looking at something that is really motivating players to keep playing and try hard because they feel like there is a chance for them to, to potentially become recognized and more known and make more money as well because the sport is still very selective. The top players make good money I feel like but if you have a player that is top 20 he's not making money so i i think it's going to get there where his attention is going to be more known more players are going to play more sponsors involved and all these things together will help the sport for sure
0: you talked about the numbers uh and, and the sport growing what do you do about the quality what's your i mean obviously c- go to a, uh, a clinic that jay hosts but for, for, for jennifer average pickleball player. Um, what does she need to do on a day-in, day-out basis? Or if I can't go out and play six hours a day, what do I need to do to get better?
2: Um, well, my perspective on that is always know what you're good at and emphasize on that to isolate hmm. your weakness. Uh, and then you can go and work on your weakness. And when you play a tournament, you try to to reflect only what you're good at. Um, if you I compare I compared a lot to tennis if you take uh, the top players in tennis they it seems like they're playing well all the time and uh, I, I I got lucky to be able to talk to some of them and and they would they would tell me no I, I actually don't have that many good matches a year but um, when I play bad my level is still high because they found ways to just play their, their strength and isolate their weakness as much as possible and they say the top top players have very few weaknesses and, and it's just hard to, to just push them. So I feel it's the same way in pickleball, it's knowing what you're good at, um, pushing as hard as you can on, on getting as better and better at that and then if you can work on your weakness a bit and isolate those weakness more and more you become a better player. Uh, I know uh, it's hard for the general public sometimes to find the time to practice and things like that and, and they, a lot of players just enjoy playing reg game with friends and, and I get that, that's, that's really, that's what it is for, it's just to have fun, but if you want to start competing, you, you, you got to be a bit more um, centered on, on what you're good at and, and see, okay, this is why I'm losing matches, this is why I'm winning matches and from there, have a better ideology of how you can fix a problem and and uh, and win at the end of the day yeah,
0: yeah, it's fun to play, but it's more fun to win. Yeah. <laughs>
2: That's how I feel. I love playing. When yeah. when I lose, um, yeah, whatever. <laughs> so
1: so okay, so you obviously probably drill some. What do you focus on when you drill or when you specifically pick something to work on?
2: Um, I, you know, same thing like I mentioned before, I I watch a lot of what happened in my matches, I analyzed... So you what, do record them or just watch? Just from the streaming, yeah. from the APP and PPA. I, I, would, um, I would wait a few hours and cool down after, after a loss when I'm done with the tournament. And then I would just watch and see what I'm doing good and what I'm doing not as good. And, and from there, like I would base the plan on how to get better at it. That's uh, That's the way... That's the way I do it.
1: I feel like just based on that tournament alone, every player out there is going, how can my serve get a little more dangerous?
2: (laughs) Yeah. And and it's something that is really underrated. Um, That was one of the first thing I thought when I started the game, people were just very passive and already from my experience, the game has gotten more and more aggressive and, and uh, things that people would consider stupid 2 years ago would agree w- with the shot decision I'm making now and um and I think it's important the the depth of the serve and the speed of the serve because it gives you an advantage and um and if you look at the top top players they they all have it um uh, they all have it uh, in singles especially in doubles is not as the because you have two players on court to cover mm-hmm. the court, but in, in single is very important. So I think I it's something that is gonna <laughs> is gonna get better and better. So
1: along those lines, singles is a very solitary game. I play a little singles too. Doubles, of course, you're always working with a teammate. So at the pro level in general, it seems like sometimes there's partner shuffling, certain teams maybe always play together. Can you talk a little about what's the process to figure out who you're playing with for every tournament? Some of it maybe comes down to just scheduling, but do you try to find people you think would be a strong partner for you specifically?
2: Yeah. Um, well, I I play mostly with Patrick because it's it's easy. He he's from Wichita. Uh, we play together there. We can practice together. So it's very. That's it's, a big advantage it's a big advantage uh, for sure and and we know each other for a while he's a great person and and it's it's easy to, to be around him and play with him so it has been working well um, but if I were to for mixed I change quite a lot and not by on not by choice it's just that we all have schedules we all have things and you got to figure out what works for you you might have a partner but he's very very good two good people Two great players can play together and not have great results. Yeah. So it's really a, a matchup things and 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 also um, the commitment that they have with other players as well. Some players are committed for a year an entire year already. Oh, I and didn't know that. Yeah, so most of them uh, most of us have done our schedule for the entire year. And um, it, it's just not easy especially when you're up and coming. You know, most players are already matched up and they they have been together for a few years now because they've you know for me it was hard at the beginning. That's why I started with Patrick. Uh I couldn't couldn't find great partner. I had good partners, but not great partners to compete with the top level and and um I, I just had to find someone that was gonna be great as well, that I could grow with him as a team because it's hard at the beginning beginning to make your name. Once your name is made it's easier to find partner for sure.
0: What what player on his or her way up are you excited to, to to see whose career are you like, oh I really wanna follow um her career or his career? Besides yourself, <laughs> beside your own.
2: <laughs> you no, I, I was not gonna say myself, <laughs> but I, I um there are a few players that I really um really really like uh J.W. Johnson is a. I love the family and and, and him he's a great Great kid, and he he plays very good already. He's already up there, but I think he's gonna get better and better and be able to compete with the top players if he take it even more seriously than he's doing because he's still in the bit between tennis and pickleball. Um, obviously, there is a, an Le that is very good, mm-hmm. but there are a lot of younger players coming in. Uh, William Sobek is another one, but he's, he's I think he's sixteen. Uh, or 17 maybe younger he, he's just very uh he's fit he's very committed to the sport there are so many names that i could young guys that are coming and trying to to be there there is one player i don't want to forget to mention that he's from kansas city he's dylan dylan, dylan yeah. is good dylan is gonna be good and it's the same thing once he find a good partner that he can grow uh, with and and start playing those big tournaments he, he played Punta Gorda, and, and he played well, I think, uh, with Quinton. Uh, yeah, he played with Q down yeah, there. And, yeah, and so.
0: And he played mixed.
2: Uh, with, with his mom. With his mom, yeah. With his mom, and um, so. She's good, too. Yeah, she. So <laughs> I met so her when
1: you guys all came up to the sandbox, and um, he didn't play tennis. Their right. small town that he's from didn't have it, but she, I believe, has a tennis background. So it's interesting to see the players that have a coach from the get-go did your parents coach you when you were younger? Um, <laughs>
2: uh, <laughs> Are they sporty? <laughs> yeah, my, my mom was sporty. Uh, she was a, a professional handball player. Oh, uh, hello. The team sport, <laughs> I know a lot of time it's confused in America with when you hit the ball against the wall. Handball in, in France is, uh, is an Olympic game, but where it's, it's a bit like indoor soccer where you have seven players on the court, passing oh, the ball around okay. and shooting. And so she, she was a professional handball player. And, and um, so we, uh, I'm from a large family, so we had to be good in sport. We could not just play for fun. So, <laughs>
1: in terms of like brothers and sisters? Yeah. How many?
2: Uh, I have three sisters and two brothers.
1: Okay, so. three and three. <laughs>
2: uh-huh. Three boys, three girls.
1: And do any of them play pickleball?
2: No. No, not, no yet? not yet, not yet. <laughs> is not, there a French Open? Yeah, there is a French Open in Faience and, uh, en and uh, I, I'm trying to get them convinced to play a bit more. It's just, there are not that many clubs. The sport is still growing there as well. I've but,
1: seen that in Spain too. Yeah, There's a little Spain bit is, in Spain. Is starting.
2: In England, it's probably the biggest in Europe right now. And I know it's, in, it's coming in Germany and Italy as well. So it's, uh, it's in process.
1: Also, we always wanted to ask or we want to ask each guest um, what paddle do you play with and are there any shout outs you want to give to any companies that you work with?
2: Yeah, I um, I play with Vulcan. Uh, I think I mentioned that earlier but it, I use two of their models the 560 and the 520 and I use the 510 as well. Those The, the 500 series are really my favorite paddles as of now. I know they're coming up with a uh, with a new series, a 900 coming up soon, so I, I'm excited to try those as well. But um, so you use three different paddles? I I have been using three different paddles for the last year, but I am settling probably with the 560, unless I get I fall in love for the 900 series. So we'll see. Do you get that.
0: any input on the on the new paddles?
2: Not yet. Not not uh, not, not yet. Uh, soon though. Soon. Yeah. Now,
1: do you use a different one for singles versus doubles currently?
2: Yes, uh, it's a bit longer and heavier as well.
1: Because you need more More length. (laughs) We all do in singles.
2: (laughs) One of my weaknesses is definitely my height, so I need to have a longer paddle. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, the ground's far away.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, and then I wanted to give a shout-out to um, BRD Sport. um, They're great for ankle braces, wrist, ba- wrist brace, and things like that. So I um, I, I, twisted my ankles quite, quite a lot in tennis. So it was a great support. It's like a sock, kind of, but not a sock. So it's great and you he, he just consolidated it for me. So I've been using that and I really enjoy it. I know a lot of players use it for their knees, for their elbows as well, but for me, it has been great. So, and it's a great company too. And uh I and a shout out to Lo, to Lasso, the the sock company as well that is really uh really trying to get into the sport and and bring the best product possible. So
1: shoes and socks matter in pickleball. <laughs> yes. Some people burn through a pair per tournament, right? <laughs> Especially well, <like> singles. Singles, <laughs> you
2: know, it can go fast. If you have a pretty intense match against Zane or something, you know, I mean
0: <laughs> For example. <laughs>
1: Lots of starts and stops.
0: Well, I want to say um, thanks to Jay for joining us. This has been a lot of fun. I hope you had a good Uh, time.
2: I had a great time. Thank you for inviting me.
0: Yeah, good. And um, Jay whipped us this morning, uh, played (laughs) pickleball for about an hour and a half, and it was a good time. Um, Thank you to iPickle Nation for hosting us. Um, Big shout out to Jeremy Morton, or as I lovingly call him, Uh, JMO. JMO helped us uh, get everything set up record this and he's going to do the editing so by the time you hear this it'll sound good and that is all because of jmo over there so big shout out to him kat anything else
1: um i will give a shout out to gearbox because they've provided us some items so we're going to post some trivia questions based on this interview based on learning about j do va (laughs)
0: Yeah. uh, Oh, that's right. And And they're going to have to do some trivia. Yeah, do some trivia. But there's a
1: chance they can win a pair of glasses to protect the eyes, a nice gearbox backpack, which I just reviewed, and it's amazing, and I use. And uh, I think, what else? A paddle bag and some um, tape to go around the edge of your paddle. So we want everybody to stay tuned, listen to our podcast, and then we'll announce the winner on the next podcast. So we want you guys to tune in and keep listening and uh, keep telling us what you wanna hear about.
0: Yeah, share it with your friends. Also, Jay autographed um, a Vulcan paddle, five, a 510. So um, it's got Jay's autograph um, and Ben John's on there. So that's one of the things that we'll also be giving away. So thanks for, for giving that to the show there, Jay.
2: A pleasure, a pleasure. All right.
1: And I think that's all. Yeah, that's good, Thanks, thanks so much for coming.
2: Thank you.